This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to Talking Devils podcast brought to you by TalkingDevils.co.uk, your number one and favourite independent Manchester United podcast. I am your host, Keen, and as always, on this lovely Wednesday night at 9pm, joined by former Manchester United player Marcus Demare. We're here to talk all things Manchester United. We're here to talk about the one and only Manchester Derby this, this coming Sunday. We're here to talk about all the ins and outs, so we're going to talk all the big heavy tactics as to how Ralph Ragnick can beat Pep Guardiola this Sunday. So guys, do smash like the video, hit that subscribe button. Absolutely buzzing for this podcast tonight. You know, it's Manchester Derby week. Form goes out the window this week. You know yourself, it's Manchester Derby. We all love a good Derby game. So look, it's absolutely great to be here tonight. First of all, Marcus, haven't seen you in two weeks. Um, hope all is well. Um, how have you been keeping kind of the last two weeks? Yeah, uh, thank you, Keen. Thank you. Good evening to all of you guys. Um, yeah, busy weeks as I'm still uh, still the coach of uh, FC Basel youth team. Um, a lot of things to do. I'm doing my way for coach licenses, by the way, as well. Um, I got two kids also. They are on holidays now, so there's a little bit more to do when they're not when they're not in school. Um, everybody who know who has kids knows about it. So yeah, a lot of things to do, and it keeps me up on the toes. And uh, yeah, it's good. That's good. It's good. And look, as always, always good, great to hear you doing your coaching and with Baz as well. As I said to you, like off camera a couple of weeks ago, they're like Baz's youth teams we've seen down the years, what players they, they, they produce. And, you know, it's great to see you're working at a football club like that and getting, you know, I suppose, getting your badges there as well. That's an absolutely invaluable experience. Yeah, it is. It is a good uh, place to learn and uh, to experience uh, your new job because uh, being a coach is. Uh, yeah, everybody thinks after being a professional footballer, it's quite easy being a coach. But uh, I have to admit that that it's uh, not as easy as it looks maybe from the outside. So you have to take care about a lot of things, which uh, as a footballer, obviously you don't have to do. And um, yeah, but I enjoy it a lot. I work with a lot of very talented and ambitious young players who want to improve, who want to prove themselves, who want to make their way up to the professional football career and um, yeah I'm, I'm happy and I love it to guide them and uh, to be on, on, the, on the sidelines for them. Absolutely and look like I don't coach myself obviously here in Ireland and like there's no better feeling when you're on the sideline and 
you're you know, when you get that win and even the losses as well like when the losses give you a kind of a learning experience as well from the sideline different from when you played the game so like coaching there's that, that satisfying feeling you know from being a coach yeah yeah it is it is different compared to the to the to the playing side i'd say um it feels a little bit different but I just love being on the pitch, you know, like uh, smell the grass, uh, see the ball moving, see people chasing the ball with tactics and with the idea, with all the hopes and dreams. Um, it's something that makes me really yeah, nervous and also a little bit of, how should I say, it, get, it, it keeps me sharp, you know, to, to see yeah. football and it keeps me live, lively every day. And uh, every day when I'm on the pitch, I'm, I'm happy, you know. And I just have to ask you a question just before we kind of proceed in, into, into talking about the, the, the derby this weekend. What where, Do you feel more nervous coaching on the side of the pitch pre-match or do you feel nervous yeah, when you're playing? Yeah. Right? What, what more nervous are you? Coaching much or more. as a player? Much more, much more nervous as a coach, I'd have to say. Um, maybe also because it's a new part for me um, as I'm just a learner and not a professional, I would say. But um, yeah, on the on the pitch, you have more the feeling that you can influence more the things than being on the sideline. On the sideline, you're more yeah, you, you you're not how should I say you're you're not active. You know, you feel like you're not in the driving seat. You know, and that makes it completely different compared to being a footballer. Because as a footballer, I was never nervous, even when I played in the Asian Champions League quarterfinals. In front of 110,000 people, I was never, I was nervous, you know, I was playing against Xavi. And uh, I, obviously, it was just a lot of fun and I didn't feel the pressure. As a coach now, as I'm training the youth kids, um, I feel more pressure than even back then, you know, it's crazy. It's mad. Like, do you know, I think there's a different, like, I suppose, responsibility as a coach because you have to set your team up tactically. You have to pick the right 11. You also kind of, though you have to... Yeah. Yeah. I suppose have that responsibility for decision making as well. So, like, look, it's actually great to see that you're progressing in your, in your coaching career. And like, look, as I said to you, like FC Basel, who are have a rich tradition of kind of yeah. though youth players and their kind of youth development. Like you're saying, you're doing your UEFA badges, the FIFA badges right now. Like, for to do that experience there, like that's invaluable. And as yeah, you kind of get yeah. older in the role, like you know, it's going to stand you in a good stead. That's true, that's true, and I love every minute of it. 100%. In terms of coaching, Ralph Ragnick is someone who you study um, quite heavy in your time playing in Germany, and obviously he's someone who has massive influence in German football, and he's someone who has come to Man United, and a lot of Manchester United fans are warmer to Ralph Ragnick. You know, he seems to be rubbing off on, the, on United fans. He seems to become kind of a... To a very respectful figure already at Old Trafford, and he's made a kind of an impression in, in a couple of months. Ralph Ragnick this this weekend, Marcus, has his biggest test in Pep Guardiola. Um, obviously the Manchester Derby. We always talk tactics, and we always talk about his press, and we always talk about you know how he can set his teams up. But before we kind of deep deep dive into tactics, when you look at Pep Guardiola style of football, kind of the tick attacker, you know great, heavy, uh, possession-based football, and you look at your know, Ralph's style of football, kind of game-game press, when you compare them two styles of football, and obviously both of them had influences in Germany, how, how can you compare them two styles of play? I think they're very, they're very close. 
Um, I think Pep tries more to uh, keep the the ball possession higher. That means like he wants the ball possession uh, much more than Ralph Rangnick. Ralph Rangnick is a more more the heavy heavy metal kind of guy who wants to play always vertical passes. He wants to make the the, the shot on goal very quickly. He doesn't want to have six, seven square passes to keep the ball and to move the opponent. Um, and that, that is a big difference between Guardiola and Ralf Rangnick. In common, they, they want to press very high. They want to win the ball very early. They want to dominate the game. Um, but Ralf Rangnick tries to play more with pace and more with uh, aggressiveness than, than Pep Guardiola does. And... Um, and I think if you compare at the moment Ralph Rangnick to the team of Pep Guardiola, I think it's a little bit unfair. Un, it is unfair at the moment because yeah. Guardiola in his first year, he wasn't as successful as he is now. I think he need two or three transfer windows so he could good his, he can pick, he picked his team and he got the players he wanted. And um, I think Ralph Rangnick should have been given the same time, not maybe as a coach, but more as a strategic uh, yeah advisor or whatever his position will be. But I think he will have a big influence on the club and on the team in the near future. Yeah, 100%. And i seen there, um, just with regards to um, what Ralph Ragnick has talked to the football club. And Ralph Ragnick has advised the football club that Manchester United should take kind of the similar um, uh, strategy that he had at Leipzig in terms yeah. of recruiting the young players he wants um, United to kind of go down the route of buying more players to fit the system they're not superstars they're yeah. players who will fit yeah. kind of his philosophy and kind of help do a rebuild rather than buy the players who sell shirts and um, Pep kind of done that as well after the first couple of transfer windows if you look obviously putting Raheem Sterling aside if you look at some of the players Pep Guardiola brought in Rodri wasn't a superstar do you know Laporte not really a superstar do you know, yeah. Walker, not really a superstar. Do you know players like that? Pep brought me into suit his system. Do you think the way Ralph Ragnick has kind of spoke to Man United now and in going into this consultancy role? And do you maybe think we, he's right in that sense that maybe Man United need to go down this kind of route similar to like in terms of having teams in place to kind of fit a certain system? Do you think we need to go down the route of buying kind of Players who are going to suit the system, but also younger players as well who can buy into an idea. Yeah, definitely. I think that the good thing about Ralph Rangnick or like a Pep Guardiola, they know what they want and they know where they want to go. They they have a main idea how the team has to look like, what the players on each position, what what they what they what they have to do and what their ability has to be. And uh, this is the the most important thing. And and therefore, I think it's very important that uh, this strategic idea that Ralph Rangnick brought in now has to be yeah, supported for the next uh, three or four years as, uh, as otherwise it doesn't make sense to bring somebody in like him, you know, because it's a waste of time and it's a waste of money. I mean, we saw that in the, yeah, in the past few years when, when they changed the coaches uh, every two or three years and, and it, it makes it difficult to build something up because every coach and every sporting director or director has his own idea of playing football on choosing players on 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 the system on uh, on the way to approach a football game and there are many different ways to approach a football game and to be successful and therefore 
I think that Ralf Ronick needs needs to have at least two free seasons to get his uh, yeah to 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 uh, to see how he can transform this basic Man United team, which it was maybe one or two years ago, into a winning mentality monster like it should have been. And and Ralf Rangnick proved that that he can do it, and he did it with uh, other other teams. Everybody knows it, and um, therefore I hope that he finds the right guy, the right coach, and therefore also the right players. Yeah, and I think it, it, as well, like for, for us, you kind of build an identity and you kind of look at, you know, the way he recruited players at Leipzig, obviously the likes of Naby Keita, Roberto Firmino, those players like that who come, come from yeah. that kind of cross. You know, in terms of players, like Erling Haaland was kind of a, an unknown quantity and Ralph, you know, obviously recognised who he was too. Do you think Do you think in that regard, like Man United's scouting network needs to go more, I suppose, with a more continental approach in terms of, those scouring across Europe to find find them best kind of not even such new players, but also players kind of in in the bracket of let's say twenty to kind of twenty four. So players in kind of that age age range who who are going to be good to, good to develop in the starting eleven, but also to kind of maybe you know, have that kind of value that they can develop in Man United, but also when it comes to their prime, do you know that we have kind of have that similar strategy? No, I think the scouting system has always been brilliant at United. I think also to my time back then when I was there, they had a lot of scouts all over Europe and um, one of the best ones I've, I've met in my life, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's more a problem, the difference, if you, if you look back at a time back then, when you had players like Scholes, Keane, uh, Giggs, Van Nistelrooy, uh, Rio Ferdinand, you, you had a real mature axe, you know, like uh, five, six players, very experienced players who know what they have to do on the pitch. And then if you put three, four young players next to them, they can develop, you know, they, they, can, they can gain experience. And the biggest problem United has at the moment, they don't have these experienced players, you know. And if you put young players in now at the moment, like a Jaden Sancho, they feel a lot of pressure, you know, because playing for United, obviously is something completely different than playing for Leipzig or playing for Dortmund or for Borussia Mönchengladbach or whatever team it is, you know, it's different because the, the, the shirt weighs a little bit more and and that makes the, the player feel not so free as they have been in the clubs before. And therefore, the, the experienced players, the, the the leaders need to be, uh, are very important. If they And if they are not playing their role as they did back then, it's very difficult uh, to to yeah to get this progression of the players or likes of uh, Ronaldo or Rooney, you know, back then. That the, the spotlight was never on them. Just when they played a really good game, but before the game, nobody was talking about Rooney or Ronaldo. They were all talking about goals, kicks, and key, you know. And so, if yeah. the if the main focus is not on you as a young player, it helps you a lot. And you know, if you if you look about United, if you look at United now. The focus is on Rashford, the focus is on Jadon Sancho and obviously now Ronaldo's there but he's on the way down because he's very old and so you know there's a lot of pressure on the youth kids and that doesn't make it easier for them to to develop and uh, yeah to get that progress like like they used to you know. And do you think like obviously I, I do agree in some respects though in terms of we need more probably experienced players to kind of bleed in kind of the, the youth and I think maybe the it's kind of 
help them a bit quicker. But you look like a project of what like Arsenal are doing at the minute in terms of the way they're developing their youth players. And they seem to have a kind of a plan to go for this plan to maybe develop in four or five years. You maybe think Man United could adapt something similar. Yeah, but you know, but, but Arsenal, sorry to say, but Arsenal had that idea for the last 25 years. And uh, I think yeah. they, didn't, they didn't win any big trophies in the last 25 years in England. As I'm... Uh, I, just uh, the, when they had the greats, uh, the greats of Viera and uh, Pires, but uh, it wasn't because of their brilliant youth system. So, you know, you always have to see it a little bit different, you know. And if you watch the youth system, United was always one of the best in all over England. And, and therefore, the, the, the main idea how to progress a young player has always been there. The scouts have been there. The facilities have been there. It's just it's just a question of the of the of the first team to 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 build that atmosphere again to 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 create space for young players where they can grow where they can make mistakes and where they have role models next to them and at the moment United misses a lot of role models you know I'm not talking about experienced players I'm talking about leaders you know you don't have to be you don't have to be 35 to be a leader you also can be 25 and be a great leader you know and um, I think United is missing a little bit that at the moment for the young players to to keep them more out of the yeah out of the light yeah yeah I think I think yeah to some respects I think some of these younger players we have probably haven't won enough trophies to maybe to be molded into them kind of leadership role like most football clubs this like most successful football clubs this moment in time have leadership groups. Like you look at the likes of like Liverpool City, they're probably leadership groups. But I'll say what Liverpool's one probably is, it's probably Van Dijk, Mo Salah, Henderson, yeah, and exactly. probably Allison. That's probably their leadership group, you know. And then maybe cities, yeah. then you'd have your De Bruyne's, your Gundawans, players like that, you know, players who have yeah. won many trophies yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah, and and United is a little bit looking now to get that mix. And at the moment, if you look at the, at the team, you feel that, that something is missing or something is not correct. It's very difficult to say how or what yeah. is missing, but you feel that the picture is not one hundred percent correct. You know, you know what I mean. When yeah. when you when when you, maybe we, if we have three four changes in the summer. We bring new players in. Maybe the picture is a complete different and a different. Uh, there's a different picture to it, and seventy or eighty percent of the players who are in the United team now are there in the summer as well, and they will play a complete different kind of football. And you know, these three, four players, maybe they can make a they can have a big impact and can make a big difference in the end. You know. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, obviously, look looking into this weekend's game, Marcus. Um, Manchester United in the last four or five years, you know, in Pep Guardiola's time at Manchester City, he's yet to beat Man United at the Etihad Stadium. United seemed to have a very good record yeah. going into this game. Now, a lot of talking points going into this United this game is how how does Ralph kind of set Man United up to be competitive this Sunday? Now we've seen in the last two, three seasons how Solskjaer went to to the Etihad and how he set United up in a yeah. counter attack system and how he played like a fluid front three of like Daniel James, Martial, Rashford and it seemed to be a very good kind of you know balance up there to kind of help us win win games at the Etihad yeah. Stadium. Yeah. Obviously this is a whole this is a full 360 now going into this weekend because Ralph Ragnick likes to have controlling games. It's gonna be hard to get that at the Etihad Stadium. You'd imagine United are probably gonna have 40 or 30% possession. 
this weekend. Yeah. When you look at how we've got success in the past at, 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 against Manchester City, compared to the style of football we're playing now, how do you think Manchester United should set up? And what, like, what way do you think Ralph Ragnick should approach this game on Sunday? Um, if you watch the, the teams like Manchester City or teams in general from Pep Guardiola, they're always having problems when they're having not the ball. As easy as it is. If they don't have the ball, they're suffering. I remember a few years ago when I was talking to, to Gerard, to Pique, and um, they, they were having some bad times, even with Guardiola. And he said, listen, if we don't have the ball, we are suffering badly. And this is, this is the opposite side of, of, of the Guardiola game because they're used so much to have the ball and to be dominant and to be up. And you saw that against Tottenham, you saw in the game that they are also very fragile. You know, if, the, if you hit them on the counter-attacks and you play a very high-intensity football, even in the middle zone, you know, it doesn't have to be always um, in, the, in the attacking third. You also can be in the, in, the, in the middle zone, you know, where you can have a, a good pressing. And if you win the ball there and you have a fast transition, which is uh, one of the most uh, influential things that Ralph Rangnick will bring into the team, if they can put that things onto the pitch... I think they will have a good chance to get some points there because uh, that's that's exactly what's where the, where the problems of the Guardiola system are. If you hit them very fast with counter attacks and um, you, you you press them all all the time very high and you don't get them the possession they need to uh, to keep the to get their recovery again, then then they're suffer, suffering, you know. Yeah, and I think look when you look at the last two or three seasons that we had this system, McTominay and Fred have actually been very... I know they're not every Man United fan's cup of tea, but them two have been very good in terms of helping United get win the turnovers um, yeah. in the field on Sunday. Do you maybe think, obviously, Ralph has gone with a midfield three of McTominay, Pogba, Bruno recently. Do you maybe think do you know, Ralph maybe look at the way City play on Sunday and he maybe look to revert back to maybe McTominay and Fred in midfield just because of the quick turnovers and what they can do in terms of winning the ball? I think also he will put fresh legs. I think he will put fr a young, fresh legs on. I, th I don't think that he will play with Bruno and with Ronaldo. I don't see that because, as I told you in the previous podcast, um, I think that Ralph Ronnie is a very big fan of uh, covering space and covering meters with uh, a lot of intensity. And if you play with uh, Ronaldo and with Bruno, you're lacking a lot of ground there. And I think he knows if, if if he doesn't get any pressure up high in the field against uh, the back four or the back three or the back five of, of City, whatever system they, they're going to play, then they're going to be suffering. Because in midfield, it's very hard to, to get close to the players of De Bruyne or even Grealish, who seems to be in a good form right now. Yeah, I think we, especially Bernardo Silva as well. He's been flying exactly. under the radar this season exactly. as one of the yeah. one of the best midfielders in, in the league and in Europe this year. But you're absolutely right. I think as much as I love Cristiano, I think this is a game that isn't for him on Sunday. Now maybe yeah. off the bench if City start tiring out after relentless pressure, then maybe bring him on. But yeah. if I look if I look at this weekend, I'm looking at how United have got success in the last couple of years. And I'm looking at how, how we've got there and we've got results. Obviously, Martial isn't here at the moment, so he's obviously, and that's a non-starter. We can't put him up front. But for me, I probably look at maybe playing Bruno as a false nine, like we did against Chelsea earlier on yeah, this yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is pressed in the front. I think if you're looking at pressurising this team, playing with a press and from the front, I think you have to look at maybe 
a front three of maybe Bruno, Alanga, and Sancho. Because if you look at like Rashford's out of form, he's not pre- pressing as much. Sancho yeah. is pressing, yeah. and Alanga's work rate against Atletico Madrid was outstanding. Yeah, I think it's really very important. Yeah. And I think for Ronaldo, it's also fine. I mean, he's 36 now. I mean, it's. Uh... He's not the player that he that he used to be. You know, we remember him at United playing uh, at the wing, taking on people, winning one ones against ones, uh, uh, gaining uh, su- 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 superiority in the in the pitch. You know, he always he always had one man more in offensive because he was taking on people for fun. You know, he was so quick, he was so sharp, and he he translated into a different kind of player and. Uh, yeah, it's very, very difficult to play the, the style of Ralph Ronick with Bruno and with uh, Cristiano together in, in, in one side, especially against a team with City who's so good on the ball. And um, I, I think it's, it's the logical choice, I think. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably where a lot of United fans are saying that this week is that's probably the, your best front three to go with. Or even like Bruno drops in, drops in, and then you play Sancho and, and Alanga is here too, you know, yeah. and then you pack out your midfield. I think that's maybe a way to go. But the only thing I'd say about this is is Paul Pogba. Like he's played well at the Etihad he had before. Pogba's played very well against Guardiola's sides and transitioning the ball quickly. That may be something Pogba can do. And he's actually he's been playing well the last couple of weeks. It's going to be very yeah. interesting, Marcus, to see what system Ralph goes with because he has played the four two two two. Would, will he go back to that to maybe kind of try press Man City? I like. I also like Pogba in the recent weeks. I, I like his energy. I like his mentality. I like his body language. I mean, we've, saw, we've seen Paul also in a different uh, yeah, in a different shape uh, before, and I think every United fan is very happy to see him in this way. And I think it's a little bit of. Yeah, I think it's, he plays for himself now. As he knows that maybe the summer market is going to be crucial for him. You know, he had a lot of injuries. He didn't perform he used to. So I think he's using this at the moment. Uh, yeah, being in the mirror, being in the in the in the window for a lot of other people to watch him, and he does it in a very good way. And for United, it's also good. And the question is if it's if it makes sense to have a player like him in the future because he has a very big mind. He has a big big attitude which is not always easy to handle, you know. And I think at the moment you have a lot of a lot of players who are different to to are similar to him, you know. And um, I think he can make the difference against City because he has uh, he has everything that, that the player needs to have. And uh, hopefully he's going to show his best side. And if he does, I think he's going to be uh, one of the best players for United uh, on uh, on the weekend for sure. Yeah, and I think if you look at like his his overall strength, his physical presence, yeah. I think that may be one way of helping negate in City's kind of you know control in midfield. Now people can talk about maybe the defensive side of his game sometimes he can be be a bit erratic. But I look at this and say if you have McTominay and Fred in there to cover them spaces and you give Pogba kind of more freedom to kind of break forward on yeah. the transition. You always have pros and cons for every player, you know. So, I mean, yeah. there are always uh, good things about a player, even if you talk about Messi, one of the best footballers in the past, uh, I don't know, 50, 100 years. If you talk about his defensive side, I mean, you cannot even say that there is a defensive side because he just doesn't run back, you know. So, I mean, you know, for every player, there's always a negative side to it. But um, that's also my point as a coach. I always want to see the positives of a player. And... 
yeah. put the positives together to to build a big group, you know. And everybody knows the strengths of the other one and also the weaknesses. And like this, you can you can uh, cut them off. And I think also if you like you said before, if you if you let Paul, if you give Paul a run in the middle of the park with uh, McTominay and with Fred, I think it's a good mixture. Yeah? I think that could be the way we can help unlock um, City this weekend because I think if you put, let's say, McTominay and Fred as the two main sitters and then you had, let's say, Pogba in there, Bruno in there as well, then yeah. you have two boys in there. You need presence against, uh, against this side because they're so good in possession. You need, to, you need to be aggressive. You need to be on your toes. You need to... You need to be there all the 95 minutes. You need to push them. You need to be also a little bit dirty. You know, it's it's a derby. You know, it's always special. There's always uh, something more to it than a normal game. And also for the players, you feel it. And that's what that's what the fans want to see on the on the pitch on the weekend. Yeah, 100. I think this is a game where look form goes out the window, Marcus. Look, we we all clearly know at this point that like Man City are the best team in the league and. Like, look, it pains me to say, but I'd argue in Europe at the minute, like they 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 are playing fantastic football. Look yeah. and look, they Pep Guardiola, like see every season, seem his teams seem to evolve. They always seem to kind of go that level up. It kind of yeah. is bad. I hate to say it, but it reminds me of Sir Alex, how Sir Alex's teams used to always progress year on year. Guardiola is doing that in England now. He's starting to slowly but surely they're grasping the football and Man City like are seem to break away from everyone else. Probably bar the exception Liverpool. Liverpool are trying to catch them, but City seem to be kind of almost in what Sir Alex did in the, in the early 2000s in terms of getting a, a stranglehold of the league and winning consistent league titles and winning yeah. trophy after trophy. Like I think Guardiola is doing fantastically well in... Yeah, and he's, what he also does well, he freshes the team up every, every six months with new players, with new inputs. And every player he brings in, he's performing. It's it's amazing. So that also is a, is a big plus for him. And as you said, it reminds me also of the, also of the time of Sir Alex because every player that he signed worked back then. You know, there was maybe one or two players where you say, okay, maybe you could talk about Veron that he didn't perform well, but even even uh, Seba he had some great games with United. You know, so. It's not like we're talking about uh, a player who didn't perform at all. It was just not up to the level that you expected. But he was okay with the team. It was very difficult for him to sit in a, to 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 find his place in a team where Keen and Scolzi were ruling everything. Yeah, like look, that's one of them ones you'd always look back and say that was a shame because you look at Keno, you look at Scolzi, like it's hard yeah, to there was, no play. There, was no, there was basically there was no space for him. You know, they didn't yeah. they didn't let him any space, but. But that's normal. I would have done the same if I was Kino or Scotty because it was there. They were at the peak of, of the of the uh, of the football career, and who and Seba just didn't fit in, in 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 that system, you know, in a classical four four two with two classical strikers. It was just not meant to be, you know. And maybe Ferguson just took him. Uh, just to keep uh, Kino and Scotty on the front foot, on the front foot, you know. You never know. Yeah. Because one of them you always look at, a Fergie always had his ways of kind of, you know, freshening yeah. things up and getting people to be on you their toes. The out of each player, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Guardiola seems to know what he has to do with his players as well. And it's mad he's doing it all right now without a striker. Like, he's literally doing it all without a striker. It's, it's absolutely like... Yeah, but it's, it's always has been uh, this way. It's crazy to say, but he never... He, he never even even when Slatan was there, he never really wanted him because he wants to play very 
He wants to move a lot. He doesn't want to stick to positions. So he wants players to move like Eto'o, you know. Also, Eto'o was also a player. He never stick to his number nine position. He always moved around in the pitch. So it, it's very difficult for the opponent to, to get hold of you, you know, because they're not the players like Ruud, you know, always he will be there first post or he will make his runs there. You know, in nowadays, it's... it's the, the level, the physical, the presence of the players is much higher than, than 10, 15 years ago. So it's very, it's more difficult to defend these kind of players who move a lot and who are not sticking to, to their positions. And that is the typical Pep style football, you know. It is. And like you look at the moment, he's playing Phil Foden as a false nine. Yeah. He's doing very well there at the moment. Um, do you know, I think if you look at like, Things like Foden, Bernardo, Kevin De Bruyne, they're all like playing that role. And you see the way he wanted to buy Harry Kane from, from Spurs and the way Kane kind of drops in deep and links up the play. Do you maybe think Kane would have done well in that system if they got him? I'm not I'm not a big fan of him, to be honest. I I I see that he's working for Tottenham, but I, I don't see him somewhere else. I don't know why, but uh... is he another Alan? Do you think he's another Alan Shearer? Like he stays that one club, like kind of type of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. I, yeah, it goes into that direction. I'm not saying that he goes to United or City and he won't score at all, but I don't see him having that impact in a club like City or United, like he has at Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham at the moment. I don't know why. I, I it's just uh, it's just a feeling. Just one of them things like a one club man, like he's just one of them. It's just one club man, and like look. Maybe he proves us wrong, you know. Maybe he goes there in the summer and uh, he maybe he comes to United, replaces Ronaldo, and brings us the league. You never know. Yeah, yeah, but you know, like not Ralph Rangnick and not even Guardiola like them kind of players. It's I think therefore it's it's always difficult. Like we saw Slatan back in the time, he was having problems because he he, he doesn't like. Uh, a big target player up front. He doesn't like. He doesn't like it. Yeah, and look, it just depends. Like for me, I think Kane would suit us. Like the way he plays, yeah. how he thinks play. No, no, no question about that. About his quality, but but the question I'm asking is: Does he fit in 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 the Manchester area? Does do people really fall in love with him? Do people like him? You know what I mean? Because yeah, he yeah. he needs that. He's a kind of player who needs support. Who needs a lot of confidence? I mean, we saw it at Tottenham when he fell out with them. I think he couldn't even uh, touch the ball at that time because he had so such a self-confidence problem. Uh, he didn't score a goal. I, I don't know how long, but for twenty games he didn't hit the target. It was yeah. I remember that time, and and he he needs that confidence. He needs that love of the fans. He needs that support. And I'm not sure if he gets it at United. I'm not sure about. It'd be something that we may discuss, um, Marcus, come this summer. Because I dare to say if Maurizio Pochettino walks in the door, we're going to be linked with him. It's just going to happen. We all know that's going to be the first player Man United are going to be linked with if we get Pochettino. Could be. Could be. And uh, like you said, the coach is important. If the coach yeah. supports him, maybe it works. But we, we will see. We will see. And this is definitely a conversation I know we're coming back to in the summer. 100%. But kind of still touching on Sunday. Um Last Saturday, we played against um, Watford in the, in the Premier League. Now, we drew nil-nil. But many accounts, look, we didn't take our chances. And look, that's absolutely fair yeah. enough. But when you looked at our centre-back pairing last weekend, Marcus, Lindelof of Varane, many, many United fans have been calling for that to be the centre-back pairing 
they seem to be playing very well as a unit. Obviously, Harry Maguire is our captain. He's someone who's um, obviously always on the fringes of starting. And, you know, he's someone who obviously comes with that big price tag, tag of £80 million. When you look at the centre-back pair and you look at the way Man City play in terms of their high press and pressure, do you maybe think it's this week to start maybe Lindelof and Varane? Or do you think can Harry Maguire cope with the pressure of playing against Manchester City? I, I would also start as a coach with Lindelof and with uh, Maguire. They did a great job against uh, last weekend. And um, with Maguire, you, yeah, there's something that it's difficult uh, to name it, but he he always since he since he has been at the clubs he he always had a good period and he had a bad period but he was never you know of a player like him you expect to be the leader every time week in week out and you don't get that from him you know and he himself he describes him as a as a leader as a captain and yeah i think that there's missing something and i think it's also united fans are very sensitive and and I think they, they sense that as well. There's something missing and therefore they don't have that bond with, uh, with him yet. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a shame because I really like him from his statue, from his way he's playing. You know, he has a lot of good abilities. But yeah, it's, it's, I like Lindelof and, and Varane as well at the moment, to, to, to be honest with you. I would, Do you think their styles, the Lindelof and Varane styles, that they complement each other more? Yeah, because Lindelof is very aggressive. He's, he's uh, always with. He always sticks with his man, and Maguire is always the guy who always sits a little bit backwards, like typical Varane. And I think they're too similar in 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 this perspective. And the best centre back duos has always been one guy who's very close, who always presses the guy, and the other guy who's controlling everything. If you talk about Pique and Puyol, or if you talk about Costa Curta, Maldini. You know, if you talk about all the good, 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 perfect centre-backs of Vidic Ferdinand, you know, it was perfect. Yeah. Vidic, very aggressive on the man. Every time, always went into the one against one. Never never missed the ball. He was there. And Ferdinand playing with his eye, very, very intelligent, closing the gaps behind. It was perfect, you know. And I think with Lindelof and Varane, I think it, 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 uh, it's, it fits more at the moment. Yeah, I think if you look at the way Lindelof is kind of more the the aggressive, he's more of a ball carrier. His passing is very good for a centre-back. Yeah, yeah. His yeah. distribution is, is quite good. Yeah. If you look at the way he steps out from the back four, though he always puts the ball into a Bruno and we always kind of transition quickly. I think if you look at a player who is going to like, um, you know, take the ball under pressure and you'll be able to deal with City's press, I think Lindelof will be that. I think yeah. Varane, he has the recovery pace then to cover him if he does lose the ball. Whereas when Maguire's there, the recovery pace isn't really there. And I think that's what you need. You mentioned Vintage and Ferdinand. Yeah. That's what was great if Vintage lost the ball. Joe Rio had that recovery pace to win the ball back. And then obviously, Joe you know, had, the, I suppose, the football and now to be able to play the ball out from the back. So you're absolutely right. I think that's probably our best centre-back pairing at the minute in yeah. terms of... So too, yeah. yeah. To be be able to play the ball out from the back, but then also you've you've Rafael Varane's experience, especially in this big game. I think you know Varane's experience is going to be crucial because I think yeah, yeah it is. Where's a good player, but Varane has that big game experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He keeps very smooth. He keeps very quiet. He knows what he's doing. 
you you have that feeling that he seems in control in over the whole situation at any point, you know. And with Maguire, you don't have that. You always have that feeling mm, there's something, you know, like something can happen. And with Lindelof and with 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 uh, Varane, you don't have that at the moment. Yeah, and you notice as well. I think the fullbacks seem to be a bit more settled to go forward when they play. When of it's course, um, of course, because you feel more comfortable. If you know that these two behind you, they have everything under control, you're gonna make your runs forward. You know because you know you always get back in no time and it's no problem, and you have that confidence. And if you don't have that confidence, you feel like you're exposed behind you, the space every time, and nobody covers you. Then then you don't make them runs. You know, and then you cannot make an overlap on the side. You cannot play superiority in uh, in in uh, on the sides. It's very difficult then, yeah. Yeah, and I think if you look at the way, like, especially on the weekend, I know we didn't win, and, like, we talked about how many chances we missed, but one thing I did notice um, on Saturday is when Lindelof or Varane had the ball, Alex Tellez was pushing up that bit more. Wambazaka was pushing up that bit more because yeah. they weren't ha- ha- worried about the concern when Maguire lose the ball, we'd be caught. And I think if, when you have them two centre-backs who you know it can push up that bit more, who have the recovery pace. I think you'll see... I, I think Wambazaka will start on Sunday because he does. He always plays well against Raheem Sterling. He always seems yeah. to mark him out of the game. So I think you know, it's one of them battles when you know you have his number. I think Wambazaka will be a crucial player um, to, you know, um, on Sunday. And I think as well, I think Alex Tellez needs to play because one thing I think... Luke Shaw at the minute, I think he's just lacking confidence at the moment. And you look at the way Alex Tellers played against Letico Madrid, you look at the way he played on, on Saturday, I think if we need to score, if we need to, to be good in the counter-attack and to obviously have good delivery from our counter-attacks and our crossing, Alex Tellers has to play all day for me. Yeah, his deliveries are outstanding. Also with free kicks and corner kicks, spot on. I mean... Uh... He reminds me always of the time at uh, Beckham. I know it's a little bit of a big comparison, but the way he whips in the balls with with that whip, you know, it's uh, it's always dangerous. And and I like that. And therefore, I would choose him always before anyone because in 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 nowadays the dead ball situations. I think there is a statistic that in the Premier League, thirty uh, percent of the goals are created out of a dead ball situation. So that means it's a, it's a very big phase in part of football, and uh, you need to you need yeah you need to you need to uh, take care about it because uh, on one side you you're gonna score, but on the other side you need to defend it. But if you have a player like Alex Telles, I would put him on every game. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. I think if I look at the way Luke Shaw's been like been lacking confidence in these last two three months. I think that he needs time out of team because he played a lot of football. Yeah, he did. In November, yeah. December, he was brilliant. He had a really good period, and then in January, January, or you, you, you could see it that he, that he seems tired. He's he's lacking passes. He didn't have his runs anymore like he had before, you know. And yeah, and and, it, and it's great to have somebody like Alex Telles, who's with such big abilities in. In, in, in dead ball situations, it's it's crucial for a team like United. You know, if you can win a team against a team like Wolves with 1-0, if it gives you two points more, you know, and then, then you're suddenly in a different situation and the, the whole discussion about uh, signing new players will be more relaxed and everything. And this helps the club also at the moment. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, look, again, we need to, like, if for Man United to want to play this controlling system in terms of making chances, creating chances, Tellez yeah. need, needs to be part of that. Because I think, well, obviously, we have a very productive player there, Bruno, who creates a lot of chances. Yeah. Bruno can't do it all. For me, he can't. Like, he, no. he's a great player, but you can't have all the onus to be on Bruno. He wants to, but uh, I think for even for him, it's impossible. Yeah, 100%. Marcus, before we touch on our final topic, I'd just like to get, like, in terms of what you think would be the ideal 11 for United to start on, on Sunday, for you, what, what, what way do you think Ralph should approach this? So, first of all, give me your starting 11 and, and formation, too. You, you, what you would choose if you were Ralph on Sunday. I would, I would stick with the classical 4-3-3, like we said, you know, like uh, with Alex Telles uh, and uh, Juan Bizaka as wingbacks. Um, as fullbacks, sorry, fullbacks with uh, Lindelof and with uh, Varane, centre backs, McTominay, Fred, Pogba set in the middle of the park, um, Bruno as a false nine, or Ronaldo, one of them too. And then you play on the wings with uh, Jaden and with uh, Elanga. I think this is a, a good good team. And I think also with that team, you can get intensity on the pitch, which, which you need against. Uh, a team of Guardiola who's very keen on uh, on possession, on dominating the game, and if you want to, yeah, hurt them, you just have to watch the game against Tottenham. Then, then you see what it's needed. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you have the exact same. The, you pick the exact same eleven. I actually have wrote down here. That's the exact same yeah. eleven. Um, like I had David de Gea. I've seen in the nets, obviously. Yeah, That's obviously, that. obviously. Sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, well, he's been there for such a long time. I didn't even mention him anymore, you know. <laughs> yeah, that goes without saying. That goes without saying. I think, look, if you're talking about intensity, if you're talking about winning the ball back quickly, if you talk about transitioning that ball quick, quickly, yeah. if you have Tommy and Fred there and you let Pogba do the job and Bruno falls nine, you're absolutely right, I think. Yeah, then you have, obviously, Sancho and Langa to do that. Obviously, you know, get yeah, in behind. You need intensity, you need emotions, you know, it's a derby and uh, when I think back at my time when I was there, you know, emotions are a big part of this game and it is different compared to others and everybody will say it's just a game for three points. It's not true because you feel it, you know, there's a little bit of tension and and you feel the pressure of the fans and you need to find that 11 who can give you that extra bit of emotions and intensity and I think with that starting 11 you have a good chance that uh, that you can get a good output of it, yeah. And it is something else as well. I think if you if you can win the ball back quickly and you get the fullbacks going, then Lindelof and you know Varane can hold the fort. Yeah. Then look at that. It, look on paper. Yeah. And if there's one thing they don't like to do, and it's it's to, it's to defend Sterling or Grealish or De Bruyne, De Bruyne more, but the other two, the other two, they don't like to defend. You know, and if you have players like uh, Alex or like uh, Telesh, like. Like uh, Van Bissaka, perfect, perfect. You just need to put them into the position so they can make them runs. You know, the, yeah, they have to feel confident, but that's part of the coach and part of the players on the pitch to 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 get them moving. Yeah, and it's gonna be interesting to see because I always like that Van Bissaka versus Sterling battle. I always like watching yeah. it because Van Bissaka's recovery runs against them are always quite good. Marcus, we touched just. Just kind of off topic, off the derby, we, we touched on um, just the UEFA Ute League game that happened um, a couple of days ago. Uh, well, yesterday, sorry. Um, and obviously, Man United went down penalties against Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. We were talking about Hannibal because um, yeah. he, yeah. he seems to be on the cusp 
for, between the 23s and the first team at the moment. And he had a kind of a, a fantastic performance last night. A lot of Man United fans have been raving about him. And, and the current people in the club speaking really high about Hannibal. When you look at players like Juan Mata leaving, in, like potentially leaving in the summer, and you look at maybe yeah. the United looking to maybe go out and buy that box to box kind of midfield player, do you maybe think United can maybe look at Hannibal and maybe say he is one for the future? Yeah, I think so. With with uh, Ralph Ronick being in charge or having a similar coach who who wants to develop young players, who wants to give young players a chance, I think it's a it's a it's a good moment to to keep him at the club to give him. To give him confidence, to show him trust, because it's always one thing to keep a player, and the other thing is to 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 give him minutes. Because being at a club or staying at a club, I experienced it as well. Um, staying there and putting you out on loan, I mean, for many players it didn't work out. If you talk about Pique or Rossi, you know, they've been sent out on loan, and when they came back, they were basically in the same situation. So I'm not a big fan of it. Um, but every situation, every player is different. With Hannibal, I, I would say it doesn't make sense to put him out on loan as he's already very mature in the way he plays, the way he behaves as a, as a, as a human being. I think you need to, to, yeah, to, to, to throw him into that deep sea and let him swim himself, you know, and to help him, to, to adjust him, to, to put players alongside him who can, yeah, who can put his game or level his game up, you know, because I think he has it all and he just needs the club to support him and the manager to support him. 100%. You said throw him into like the deep sea and let him, let, you know, let him grow. Do you maybe think if you said have him around kind of players to help develop his game, do you maybe think like he can maybe look at a Paul Pogba or a Bruno Fernandes, players who played up a similar position, and maybe exactly. they can be, be his kind of role models at the club? Exactly. And you watch how they play in training day in, day out. You see what they do. You see what they do outside of the pitch, of the pitch. You know, it also has a very big impact on, on players. I experienced that myself. And these are very crucial things for a young player to see and to to experience that every day because it, it makes you even better without knowing. I mean, I saw so many training sessions of Scozi, how he, how he was training at such a high level and it, it impressed me. And even in nowadays when I think back, you know, it gives me goosebumps because, because it's not normal. At that time, I thought it was normal, but afterwards I didn't see it that, that anymore because he was training at such a high level and demanding so much from himself. It, 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 it was amazing to see and it was also good for me to grow as a person, not always as a, as a footballer, but also as a human being. And this is also very important, even, th even though maybe I didn't really realize it at that point. But a few years later, if you watch back, then, then yeah, then, then you think back and you see that uh, you realize that it had an impact on you. Yeah, and I think that's where if he gets brought, like he's already in around the squad anyway. Cause he's been in a couple of match day squads in the last kind of month or so. But I yeah. think when you look at this kind of run we have, Maybe like maybe it is a time to maybe throw him on in a game. Maybe give him that half an hour. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, maybe I mean, that moment he has one of the best coaches uh, for young players. I mean, if you think back about 20, 25 years ago, it was very difficult to get back to get in a team anyway. You know, even uh, in the in in England or even in in the Bundesliga, as the experienced players were very important. And in nowadays, you have coaches like Ralf Ranić. 
like uh, Thomas Tuchel, like Jurgen Klopp. They're always looking for young players with a very high intensity in their game. And they, they support them. They give them confidence. They give them a run out and they can prove themselves. I mean, at my time when I was there, I would love to have a run out and prove myself. Because I, I think maybe I would have had a bigger chance, but I didn't, I didn't get it, you know. So, so for, for young players in nowadays, I think it's much more easier, even at United, with Ralf Rangnick being in charge, because he loves young players who have a good heart and uh, have a good intensity and, and they want to make it. I think it's a very good chance for him to, to, to stay there. 100%. If you look at what Alanga is doing under Ralph right now, like, you know, that... Yeah, and that comes because he feels the support of the coach and the support of the teammates. And then you're playing maybe one or two steps higher than, than you, you normally do. But that's that's what a club of United is about, you know, to push young players into a situation where they never where they, where they never thought they're going to be. You know, like if you thought about the likes of Scholes or, Big, or Giggs or Beckham or Bott or even Gary Neville, I think if you watch Gary, if you ask Gary Neville seventeen, if he make make a career like this, uh, he, he he wouldn't believe it. You know, he would have you would have laughed at himself. You know, and no way. But the, there you see what is possible if somebody believes in you and gives you the trust and gives you time to grow. And this is very crucial for young players at this age. It absolutely is, and I think it's all about giving you a chance. Like you look the way Pep gave Phil Ford the chance, you look the way Frank Lampard gave Mason Mount the chance. Arteta giving Emil Smith Rowe a chance. Like you yeah. look at them, that, that's what the gave PK a chance at that time. Remember yeah. that? Well, yeah. Like remember, PK wasn't like was behind Ferdinand Vidic, goes to Barcelona, and yeah. Guardiola gave him the chance. Yeah, and he uh, and he won everything that he could. Yeah, and that's football. Sometimes you just need to support people and trust in them. Yeah, I think you just need to kind of get that lucky break. You need to get that break. You need to be given that chance to show what yeah. you can do. Yeah. Like. And, even United, I think of all clubs, should know that. Class 92, then you look at Marcus Rashford, you look at players, McTominay, players like that who we have brought in in the yeah. past, been yeah. young players, you know, who have come in and made an impact. So Hannibal can definitely be that one for me. Exactly. See, I see the same way, yeah. Yeah. And look, for me, I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I've, my girlfriend's a massive, massive Man United fan. She loves Juan Mata, but I, I've said to her, like, look, nice guy, brilliant football brain, brilliant player. What I think right now is probably the time for Hannibal to get the number eight shirt. I just said that, like, and she might kill me for saying this now live on the podcast if she's this. It, it wouldn't have worked out if she was a City fan, right? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, look, I think if when Juan Mata does leave the club at the end of the season, I think there's your natural successor. Like, you don't have to go out and spend 30, 40 million for a player to be on the bench. You have trust in him, give him time, and uh, I think you're gonna do much things wrong. I think. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm just saying this as well. Give him the number eight. Leave Bruno keep the eighteen because that number suits him more. I'm just yeah. gonna say that. Just gonna say that now. But um, looking in obviously to the weekend, um, massive game, and look, look, we all hope that we do get the result. What would be your score prediction um, for Sunday? I'm going to put you on the spot now, Marcus. Give us your prediction um, for Sunday's derby. I I hope that there will be the same same result as for Tottenham against City. That, that we're going to win three two against City in a in a big crucial game, and we're going to do a late winner for United, like we always have been. And uh, that would have been an amazing weekend there. Yeah? 
So a nice late winner. Do you know what? I'd love that. And everyone knows I'm I'm always active on social media. I think I'd be very unbearable if we be. I know we're fourth in the league, and I know we're like twenty points behind them. But I'd still be as unbearable if we do beat them on Sunday. Yeah, it's about it's about the derby now, Manchester derby. It's definitely right. about the league table and other points. You just want to win it. You want to you play for glory. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And look, it's one of them games where, look, you don't care about where you are on the table. You don't care about what's going on. For them 90 minutes, that's all Manchester that matters. Manchester needs to be red. There's no doubt about it. Manchester United, Manchester needs to be red and not blue. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. And on, on, on that note, Marcus, we're going to leave it at that because that's the best statement I've heard all night. <laughs> yeah. On that note, guys, we're going to wrap it up there. Thanks very much, Marcus, for coming on again. It's been absolutely in your presence here tonight as always guys we'll be back this friday with the podcast with phil and lee at seven o'clock so do check that out as well and as always hit that like button and hit that subscribe button as well and just let you all know guys we will have a podcast on immediately after the match on sunday around six o'clock so do check that out as well we have a new host um on the channel on sunday i'll, I'll leave that be announced on our, our twitter page but until then guys Thanks very much, everyone, for watching. And thanks again to Marcus for coming on. And we'll see you next Wednesday, guys. Thank you, guys. You have a good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.